recently had the opportunity to do a guest spot on another podcast called Fight the Burnout, hosted by Chris Chandler Yates. His show is focused on gaining different perspectives when it comes to burnout in public safety and the strategies we use to fight it. He is an ex-New Zealand police officer, and he talks about and interviews people from all walks of life on how to prevent from getting burned out and enjoy what you love even in the busiest and hardest moments of your life. Chris was gracious enough to share his audio with me so that I can share it with you. And in our conversation, we talked about some of the things we have in common when it comes to burnout, as well as the unique ways that we've personally dealt with it and how we keep it at bay. Now, burnout is something that we face when we're met with resistance in our growth. Uh, growth is individuals and growth is an organization. And I'm not just talking about how many square miles we're serving or looking to expand to as a, as an organization. Uh, I'm talking about our growth as people. When that is stifled, people stop trying or they leave to grow somewhere else. I had a really good time talking with Chris and I love the opportunity I get to talk to people from all over the world about things that I'm dealing with. And it lets me know that I'm not alone in this plight. And it reinforces my drive to make things better. I hope you'll get a lot out of this conversation because I know I did. Without any further delay, here's my conversation with Chris Chandler Yates. Welcome to another episode of Fight the Burnout. Uh, today we have uh, a non-police officer. So the last few episodes have been police officers. Uh, today we have a firefighter medic, uh, Ryan Rodriguez, from just outside of Phoenix, Arizona. Oh, I love Arizona. Um, but, uh, he's going to tell us all about kind of what he does, who he is, why he loves what he does so much still, uh, and, uh, you know, some experiences with his burnout. But as we always do, Ryan, one, thanks for being here. Um, and before I forget again, make sure you that are listening, take one thing out of this, get a pen, get a piece of paper, get ready. Uh, even if it's getting your phone and just look for one little nugget out of this so that then you can start to implement it shift just by like two degrees every single day and hey, everything's going to change for your life. Uh, but Ryan, uh, as I was going into it, why don't you introduce yourself, tell us a little bit about who you are, what you do, you know, and um, and then we'll go from there. Right on. Well, thanks, Chris. I appreciate you having me on, buddy. Um, I know like in public service, we uh, we do experience burnout from time to time, and sometimes it could be like the, the end cap on our career, but I appreciate you talking about the subject. Um, so yeah, I live in... Uh, I live just outside of Phoenix in Arizona, United States, and I love it. Right now, it's about uh, 70 degrees, if that, and we're just hanging out and enjoying the beautiful weather, and I love it. Everybody wants to go hiking right now, which is which is perfect, perfect for our state. Um, right now, we actually have like bright sunshine, perfect temperatures for hiking, and if you want to go skiing, snow skiing, or snowboarding, you just go like two to three hours north, and it's like fresh snow. You know, we've got all the lakes. People can go water skiing right now. So we've got like the best of all worlds. I freaking love it. Yeah. Um, but I'm a father. I'm a husband. I've been married for 20 years. 
I've been a firefighter paramedic for, let's see, 16 years now. And, uh, mostly with the same organization. I started out for about 18 months to two years with a, a really rural organization, uh, really limited resources, but I learned a whole hell of a lot. Um, and then I got hired with a larger organization closer to my house, which was fortunate for me because I was driving anywhere from like an hour to 90 minutes to go to, go to work, but now it's like 20 minutes. So oh, nice. it's awesome. Yeah. Um, so... Within my organization, I operate as firefighter uh, and lead paramedic, and I'm also on the peer support team for those people in my organization that might need some some emotional help or maybe even some physical help, because not only am I on the peer support team, but I'm on the uh, uh, peer fitness team as well. So I'm a peer fitness trainer. So um, I'm aiming to like helping people refine their their mentality and refine themselves physically um i'm on the health and wellness committee as well as like technology committees and i'm just trying to stay as involved as i can and engaged and uh i uh back in 2017 i was doing some homework on my own for like the the peer support team to kind of gain some insight as to resiliency and and what all goes into that and i learned a really disturbing statistic for me that at the time in the United States uh, in 2017 that first responder, particularly firefighter suicides outweighed that of line of duty deaths. Mm. And that kind of blew me away. It was kind of a gut check for me. And so I was like, wow, you know, I just did a deep dive as to like, why is this happening? What can we do to fortify ourselves? You know, what is continuing this trend? And so that led me to, you know, deep down the rabbit hole. And I just <laughs> started reading all these articles, learning all of these different things. And uh, the more I learned, I was like, you know what? I got to I gotta share this stuff. Like learned information is great, but hoarded information doesn't really serve anyone. So I decided to start a company and start a podcast with that company called the Ignited Firefighter Podcast. And I'm in season four now of it. And... It's basically everything and anything relating to the fire service. I mean, I talk about leadership. I talk about interview strategies, fitness, nutrition, uh, resiliency, building habits, uh, all of it. Anything that can be related to who we are as firefighters, I talk about it on the show. And uh, I also run and host a, a book club. It's the Ignited Readers Book Club that's kind of going in tandem with that. And I'll have authors of the books that we read come on the show and we'll talk about their book and, and all the principles and different insights that they can offer. So it's been really cool to uh, reach out to people, even such as yourself, you know, on the other side of the planet where we can connect on these things and, and talk about these things that aren't just affecting us in our little corner, but worldwide. And so it's really cool to connect and, uh, and, and kind of purvey this idea that, you know, we're, we're not alone in this effort. And, And I think that's one of the biggest reasons that I that I've discovered um, that that pervade that statistic or or that trend of, of firefighter suicides is that they just felt alone. And so if I can get if I can get people to just feel like you know you're not alone in the things that you're going through, I think that's at least something that I can do to help slow, if not stop, that trend. No, that's awesome. I can totally relate to that. You know, when you said about the burnout, the burnout is what caused me to leave law enforcement. 
Um, yeah. And then um, I went down a journey of, again, researching and de- developing and self-development. And I took a trip around. Actually, I came to Phoenix on it. Um, went to uh, a trip 8,000 U.S. miles on a motorcycle with a tent. Um, oh, wow. From Northern California, where I'm originally from, all the way through um, Nevada, Utah, Arizona, New Mexico, uh, Colorado, Texas. Went all the way to Houston to see my uncle. Wow. And started coming back through New Mexico and stayed at a friend's place in Northern Arizona, in Northern Phoenix. And then um, to California and then back up through Tahoe and back up. So I did a big loop through the Southwest. And cool. I realized through that is the communication as well. It's so, it was so... I literally, I left not knowing if I was actually coming back, not knowing if I was going to come back to my wife. Um, literally was completely lost. And uh, by communicating out what I was going through and what I was feeling with everybody with a purpose, like having a purpose when I went over there to refine myself and to get back to being able to trust people because I'd lost trust, um, was, it was so important, uh, and impacted with so many people. And they were, they told me their stories. I met law enforcement, met firefighters, met EMTs, all of it. Um, and yeah, it was, it was, it was amazing. And so, you know, that resonates with me quite a lot. Um, Ryan, so, you know, you're doing, you're doing this. What, what's some experience you've had with burnout? So, I mean, I've had, some experience with burnout in that there's been a lot of volatility uh, in the organization that I, that I've been a part of. And in that, I mean, we have a lot of people coming and going Mm. and, you know, we, we do have a smaller department per se for the area. So, you know, Phoenix fire has like over 70 stations. I mean, they got a lot of stations and then the other rural areas like Mesa are, are, are pretty big as well, you know, close to 20. Um, but my, my department's five, five stations Mm -hmm. and, you know, such a small tight knit organization where I know everybody's name that I work with, you know, it, it, it's interesting how we can be so at odds sometimes, but I've worked there for, it'll be 15 years this next year. And in that time, I've seen six different fire chiefs. Yeah. And yeah. I, so every time a fire chief comes in, you know, they want to, they want to establish their own way of doing things, which I, I totally understand. I totally get, I support it. But when we're changing so often, it it's like we've, we lose our identity mm-hmm. and you can only get fired up so many times about making these changes, you know, like this guy wanted to do things this way and this guy wants to do things this way. And, and it's like, at, at some point you just, you just get to the point where it's like enough, enough. Why, why can't we just be who we are and go from there and build on that and, and go through that. But, uh, so, you know, that, that was really one of the things that kind of pushed a lot of people into that burnout mode. And, and I kind of caught myself being there too. And so it was one of the reasons why I, I wanted to be a part of the support programs that we offer. Um, not only, I mean, maybe for selfish reasons, you know, maybe for me to learn a little bit about uh, how do I build this resiliency? How do I get back to the point where I just loved coming to work every day? And it's not like I hate coming to work, but it, it's definitely different. 
you know, it's definitely not the same as it was the first day I stepped onto the, to the firehouse grounds and got on a fire truck. But um, I think we all have different burnout for different reasons. But for me, the biggest thing that I've seen is, is the volatility and, you know, you can only get fired up over that thing so many times before you're just like, you know what, forget it. <laughs> just forget it. Like I've spent so much time and energy in this thing. And then in a couple of years, it's just going to get erased and then written over anyway. So that was really tough for me. Uh-huh. So how'd you work through that? So, I mean, honestly, I feel like uh, the burnout being able to identify a number one, being able to identify that I was kind of on that, on that trend. Um, for me, defining burnout is like the manifestation of exhaustion, mm. right? Whether it's like um, physical, mental, spiritual, or emotional. And so in, in some way, something negative is going to manifest in one of those ways from what I've learned and the research that I've done and just the people that I've talked to. Um, and so I, uh, I actually formulated a, uh, a way to deal with that in, I come from a Christian background and, uh, so referencing the Bible, I, uh, Luke two, Luke two chapter, or was it Luke Chapter two, verse 52 stuck out to me and it talks about how, you know, Jesus grew in stature, wisdom, favor of man and favor of God. And, and so those are the four categories that I could identify that I could take actionable steps in. Does that make sense? Makes total sense. So, yeah. And so I kind of took those four categories and made them my own in that I related the spiritual side to connection. I related the mental side to calibration. I related the physical side to condition and then the emotional side to contribution. Like what am I contributing to the people that I love and the people that I want to be close to? Um, so all four of those quadrants helped me identify things that I could work on specifically geared to those topics. So I've got several uh, mentors online and they, they operate in a similar way. They call, they call their different categories, different things, but, but those are the things, those are the, the labels that I give that help me. So again, connection, calibration, condition and contribution. And uh, like I said, identifying the manifestation of that exhaustion, that, that burnout, is, is step one. You really have to identify that, hey, something's not right. Like this doesn't feel as good as it did, right? Um, and so I, I always imagine like a burned out candle, like that, like that <laughs> black, crusty, burned out candle that's just done, right? Like yeah. figuratively and literally burnt out. And, and so like you think of a candle and you think of its purpose, right? It, it can provide a, a mild amount of warmth. It provides light, ambiance. Maybe you have a scented candle. Maybe it's a really pretty color that matches your drapes. I don't know. But there's layered purpose there, right, that that candle provides. Yeah. And once it's done, 
there's no more purpose. It doesn't have purpose anymore. And so ultimately it was that idea of reestablishing purpose. And like you talked about, you know, before you went on your, 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 your bike ride, you know, yeah. riding your motorcycle, What's the purpose? What's the purpose um, establishing that purpose. Yeah, exactly. Is what really helped shake me out of any apathy. And, um, so within those four quadrants, I identified what I wanted within those quadrants. So for example, condition, let's say I wanted to lose 12 pounds for that category. Well, that's my, that's my purpose in that category, right? That's my goal. Now I can take steps back and identify what are my actionable steps that I can take towards doing that thing. And the same goes for each quadrant. So like connection, spiritual connection. Uh, If I want to, yeah, if I want to do that, I read scripture, I, I go to church, I read books specifically geared towards expanding my understanding. Maybe I'll read uh, a book from a, a faith that has nothing to do with mine so that it just gives me a broader perspective, you know, stepping outside my comfort zone, whatever it may be. Um, but it's definitely all about establishing that purpose. And, and I feel like there's two steps that people need to take in order to do that. And, uh, number one, I think you identify what it is you want, right? And then number two, you identify, or you set up a system for accountability. So you identify what you want, and then you set up a system that's going to hold you accountable to getting that thing. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. No, I love it. I love it. It's, it's so true. You know, without, without purpose, we have no passion. Without a purpose, we, yeah, we, we lose drive very quickly. Um, and it's why, you know, my one of my programs and businesses and websites is called Create From Why. Why can be called purpose. It can be called multiple different things. But I believe that everybody has a true deep why. And you have all these other whys for different things. But it all drives from that true deep why uh, that we have. Uh, you know, my why, and I talk about a lot on the podcast, is to create less pain for myself and others. So we create the best version of ourselves. And that's my statement. Like I live by that. If it's not serving that, which can be served most of the time in some way or capacity, depending on how I focus on it, it's always, you know, I can always serve that. Now there's certain things that serve that even more. And even recently I was talking to, you know, Dave um, Brez on this, on the last episode, uh, we were talking about that and we were talking about, you know, that, that having that statement gives you that drive that you can always fall back onto no matter if you can't find a why for conditioning or for you know co- you know connection or anything like that it's going okay cool what's that deep thing so what would you say your overarching why is right or purpose so my overarching why is really tied in to uh, my company ignited and and the podcast and what and what that's really focused on um so honestly, when it comes to that, it's all about setting up, like I said, setting up those systems. But uh, Ignited specifically is, is geared towards helping firefighters uh, build trust and integrity through accountability. And so the only way I've learned to be accountable is to, like I said, establish a system of accountability, right? So 
I've established, like I, like I talked about those four quadrants, I operate um, under the under goals based on those four quadrants. And that helps me stay focused, number one, but it also helps me stay accountable. I've, uh, I've built some tools and I've adapted some tools that I provide my clients that will help them be accountable to themselves. Uh, it, it's really nice to be accountable to other people. You know, I mean, ultimately that's what a gym membership is, right? Or, or not, not necessarily even a gym membership. That is a form of accountability, but hiring a personal trainer. So let's yeah. say you pay 80 bucks a month to hire a personal trainer. You've, you've got that skin in the game. You know, it's not cheap. Um, and if you're not going, you know, your trainer is going to bug you. Hey, where are you at? Where are you at? Where are you at? And when you go there, you know, they're going to, they're going to put you through the ringer. They're going to put you through what it is you told them you want. And so it's like, it's your duty to show up, you know, and exercise that accountability and show up. And you take one step back from that. And I mentioned a gym membership. So let's say that's the level of accountability you're at. So you pay 15 bucks, 20 bucks a month for access to this gym. That's kind of a lower level of accountability because some people are fine with just paying that money and then they never go. Yeah. You have to have something established that is going to force you into action, yeah. right? So the tools that I've created and adapted and that I provide my clients are based on like the 12-week year. They're based on uh, quarters. So like the first three months, the second three months, and so forth. So every three months, you know, I... L- establish a goal. So like the beginning of this year, I, I looked at all of my quadrants, my four quadrants, my uh, connection, my calibration, condition, and contribution. I identified what I wanted to grow in each of those quadrants. And then I established a clear, specific time-based goal, right? Basically yeah. a SMART goal smart um, goal, yeah. for each of those quadrants. And, and that way, uh, I can go in, I have a, a spreadsheet that I've used that I've outfitted and formulated to where every day that I accomplish that thing or take that step towards that thing, I go in and I mark it in the spreadsheet. Yeah. And so at the end of that that's quarter, I can go back and I can look. Yeah, I, it, it's, that's my system that I'm holding myself accountable to. Because like I said, it's, it's really nice and, and fortunate to have other people hold you accountable. But ultimately, like if you're not going to hold yourself accountable, I feel like it doesn't really matter. You know, it really, uh, it really doesn't it's matter. It's so interesting because I train, I train, I help people get into the police force here in New Zealand and, um, and even around the world. I've mm-hmm. helped people in Australia and, and, and some people in the U.S. as well. And uh, so that's one of the things that I do. And it's the, it's the biggest thing that I tell people. I was like, look, you want to be a first responder. Yes, you've got people that you know you you help, and you got people that you can lean on. But at the end of the day, you need to be able to be accountable to yourself and be able to show up one hundred percent yourself, because then and only then yeah. can you then actually help people at the fullest. And as a police officer, a first responder, a firefighter, uh, if you can't turn up one hundred percent on your own, you're not actually going to be able to give everything. You're not going to be reliable for other people. You're not going to be you know. So that accountability does, I love it. it it's got to come from within. If it doesn't come from within, then 
you know, then you're always relying on other people, and then other people are always going, well, why doesn't Ryan, why doesn't Chris just do his own thing? Why did, why can't we rely on him? Why does he have, to, why, why did, you know, we have to rely that he needs us? Um, yes, it's nice, and it's a benefit to have other people, but if you can't do it on your own, it's really looking at, you know, what it is that's, that's stopping you from doing that. Um, so, no, I love that, Ryan. Um, I guess the other the other question I have for you when it comes around the, 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 the burning out and that, how how do you help the guys at the station? You know, how do we, you know, I, we're seeing still, you know, lots of suicides and firefighters and first responders and police. And I was talking to Dave, last one, uh, we were talking about the fact of, uh, well, and I know the stats coming out of the States when it comes to police officers is more cops take their own lives every year than are killed in the line of duty. Just like you saw with firefighters. Yeah. How do we prevent that? Yeah. How do we change that? Yeah, it's tough, man. Uh, honestly, it's it's number one talking about it, understanding that it's a thing. This, you know, just like any problem. Like if we show up on a fire, if we show up on a house fire, and we're unwilling to accept that that house is on fire, what good are we? You know, we're not good to anybody. We we're literally there to do a job, and if we don't if we don't accept that that thing is happening, we're not going to be able to complete that job. That's not even going to be, if we just kind of hold up a visor to our eyes and be like, that, it's not happening. It's not going on. You can still feel the heat. You can still feel the heat from it. And so honestly, I think that's where like the building trust comes from. You know, I, I mentioned, I want to go back real quick and just talk about the integrity that you had mentioned and it, and it's got to come from within. Um, For me, integrity is that accountability in action. Mm-hmm. And when people see that happening, when people see that integrity manifested through that action, that builds trust. Yeah. It's not the only way, but it's definitely, you know, it and I know it, it's definitely one of the best, most effective ways to build trust. Well, um, powerful. Yeah, absolutely. When it comes to helping your team, I feel like taking action in that integrity is that accountability in action. And one other thing that I think we as, you know, police officers and firefighters, we have a hard time with is being vulnerable, you know? And I know it's been like a, it's kind of been a buzzword, uh, you know, for the past several years, but there's a lot of truth to it. And now vulnerable doesn't mean that I share all of my medical problems with you or, you know, any of that. It means that I'm willing to humble myself to you. You know, like I'm willing to hand you the sword and have faith in you that you're not going to hit me with it kind of situation, you know? So that vulnerability amongst your team, I think that vulnerability builds a lot of trust. Like you can't expect people to be open if you aren't open. And, and it's that expectation that I see a lot of times when I'm helping guys through like relationship problems with their spouse you know, they, they have all these expectations that they've put there, but they're not willing to be vulnerable in anything and talk about anything. And they have all these crazy expectations where it's like, okay, well, well, I want her to be this way. I want her to like not go out and party. I want her to not drink. I want, I don't like her looking at other dudes, but then the guy who's complaining to me about that is the guy who goes out and parties and drinks. <laughs> and, and it's like, you don't get to, you, <laughs> you don't get to 
demand that of her if you're not willing to be that yourself. Like you just yeah. don't get to do that. You yeah. have to show up yourself completely. You know, I, I've said this in the last few episodes, actually. You know, I've got my very first tattoo is honor and family on my arm. It's on my inner left bicep. And I remember, like, my wife's got lots of tattoos always. You know, she had them before I did. And I was like, oh, I, I always wanted one when I was younger. And she went to me. She's like, it has to be something that means something to you because it's on your on your body forever. I was like, yep, I get that. Yeah. So I waited and I waited and I waited. And we were on a, on a trip overseas in Hawaii, I think it was. And I was like honor and family and she goes what are you talking about i go that's gonna be my first tattoo nice so we came home and i got it done because honor is so honor is that integrity for me honor is that you turn up fully you give everything you have uh to yourself and then to everybody else you know then to your family uh but you, you those are the two most important things you know for myself and that's what i live by uh i remember you said you know when i first started talking is around um you know, you guys had lots of chiefs come in, new chiefs, six new chiefs in, um, in the time that you've worked at the um, station that you're at, or the area mm-hmm. that you work at. And then you start, you know, you said you started to get disheartened and the troops started to get disheartened. And, and so how do we take mm-hmm. what we know and be able to help the troops? Because we can't change the chiefs that come in. They're always going to want to come in and they've got their ideas. They've got their ways. Just like you coach people completely different to the way I coach people. And if I came into your program, everybody would be like, what the hell is Chris talking about? Like (laughs) probably similar things, but just said and done in different ways. Same thing if you Mm -hmm. came into mine. Uh, So how do we, how do we help the troops being one of the troops? How do we help one of the troops, help help the troops to, to recognize that and not get disheartened. And the thing of, I just don't care. It's just another person is going to come in and, and you know, the things that you had said before. Right. Yeah, that's that's the big question, isn't it? And and kind of the answer to that question is asking questions. I mean, I've I feel like as these different regimes have come in and they are very motivated to like push their agenda and I'm not saying they're bad by any means, by any means. They're just very different, you know, from each other. Um and so when you have the same con- you know, all the soldiers are the same, but then the general keeps changing. It's exhaustive um, to adapt to what they want. But I think, honestly, the biggest impact could be had if the troops, if the people on the ground, like if, you know, the people on the fire trucks were just asked their perspective. Mm. You know, if they were asked questions about, what do you think is the biggest challenge we're facing here at this organization? Because they're the ones out in the field, right? Mm-hmm. They're the ones that see the problem or see the effects of the problems and it directly affects them, right? And so they're going to be the people who have the best, they're the closest to the problem. So they're going to be the ones best adept to finding a solution, you know, adapting to that solution, figuring it out and, and presenting it. Um, I think if you, the more people you invite to what you're doing, the more people you invite to have a seat at the table, if not for just five minutes, Mm. (laughs) you know, if not for just tell me one thing, tell me one thing that you are seeing that is a problem. And, and the one thing that we could do to fix it, even if it's something as simple as that, I think the buy-in that could be gained 
making you making us feel like on the on the ground level that we're a part of that mission yeah. that's gonna what's that's what's gonna um instill that buy-in from us and that's what's gonna like ignite that passion and it's gonna make us want to be a part of that thing because you and i know that you know we can join committees all day long and we can voice our opinions in those committees and then we send you know what we've all agreed on like all of us have come together in this committee of like 12 people and we think this is a great plan and then we submit it and then administration just shuts it down. You know, so we've done all this work towards this thing that we feel really good about and we're all motivated and then it just gets shot to crap so how, <laughs> and it because, totally because takes the wind out of our sail. Oh, it, it totally, it totally takes it all out of it. And you like, you get very disheartened. And then we get back to where it was before, you know, people changing and then you just kind of go, man, what's the point? Yeah. I'll just, whatever. How do we keep without, right. you know, we can't change the, the leaders. And when they come in, we can hope that they, that they do listen to these and they, they, they get things out of it and that, but it seems like the more, <laughs> In the last couple of years, the leaders are getting worse and worse in some ways, but they're just doing what they're doing and we can't have no control over it. We have control over ourselves. Uh, what can we do yeah. at the ground level to inspire the other troops and inspire them to not dishearten at this thing of, you know, we can't control what the chiefs do in that. We hope that they change and they see stuff, but how can we keep the troops or how can you keep yourself inspired through all of that? not being heard, not getting, you know, not, not letting, getting your voice heard. And really it's just not getting heard. Um, but stay in that place of, Hey, I actually still love what I do. I'm going to keep doing it. I'm going to keep fighting. I'm going to keep motivated. I'm keep driving. What do you think is the, is the keys there? Right. Yeah. That's a good question. So we've all seen, you know, everyone in public safety has seen the chain of command, right? We've all seen that tree that the chief is at the top and you got your city planners or whoever it is. And then assistant chiefs, excuse me. Then you're like your battalion chiefs and in the fireside. Anyway, you've got your chief, your assistant chiefs, deputy chiefs, battalion chiefs, then your captains on the trucks and then your crews on those captains. So honestly, if you boil it down to, if you follow that line down to the, the single solitary firefighter, which is me, you know, by definition, I'm a part of that crew. I have a captain, but I am a part of that crew. I don't make up the crew. I don't control the crew. I'm, I'm literally at the lowest level to uh, incite any kind of change. But the one thing that I've learned is that if I can just do what I can with what I have where I'm at, mm. it speaks volumes. So like I turn the mirror and I, I focus on the things that I can do as an individual, you know, like my biggest, my biggest thing to fulfillment, like my biggest thing that I tell myself is, is know thyself, right? From Socrates, mm -hmm. know thyself. Yeah. So I am constantly on this quest of like looking within, what can I do to make sure that I'm the the firefighter I would want on my crew. Like yeah. that's the question, right? And I'm, I'm 15 years, 16 years deep. I've everybody on my crew is less senior than me, but, but I still go to work and I'm like, what can I do today? What attitude can I have or what actions can I do that will show this crew 
or that 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 I'm operating under the ideal that I'm the firefighter I would want on my crew. And it's not about ego, you know, in fact it's it's the exact opposite. Like if I can look within and serve the guys that I work with because they're, you know, you know it and I know it, ego ego abounds. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's like you know, some people wouldn't wouldn't uh dog me for just sitting in a recliner all day not cooking, not cleaning anything, you know, being grumpy because I'm, I'm the most senior guy and, and he shouldn't have to do anything, you know, like we're the new guys. We got to do everything. No, I still grab, I still start cleaning. I still grab a mop. I still cook meals. I still do this stuff. And the, it's all under the ideal that I'm trying to be the firefighter that I would want on my crew. So I think about what does that firefighter look like? Well, he he doesn't push his ideals on you. He doesn't ridicule you. He doesn't make offensive jokes. He doesn't insult people. He is very physically capable. Like there's no doubt that he can do this job. There's no doubt that like the ideal firefighter I would want on my crew, there is no doubt that he could in full gear pull me out of a fire in full gear. Yeah. That's the level of physical expectation I have for that ideal fighter. So again, it comes back to, I can't expect that of my crew. If I'm not willing to be that person, if I'm not willing to take those steps and be that person. So that's what helps me keep focused on that principle is, am I, and and it's a question I ask myself every time I go on duty, am I being the firefighter that I would want on my crew? Do you transfer that over into your, I mean, 20 years married, that's, 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 that's decent, you know, that's well longer than most people out there. Um, I'm just coming up to 10 years here in a few weeks. Um, a couple of weeks, actually, speaking of that. Um, but anyways, uh, so you transfer <laughs> that over into um, your relationship and that as well? Oh, absolutely. Like, honestly, in, in, in all aspects, that's, that's a principle that can be translated and templated across the board. And even helping like the guys on when I'm on the peer support team, even the guys that come to me and ask me for help with like, relationship problems, that typically is what it comes down to. Like, are you being the guy that you think she deserves? Or are you, if the tables were turned, are you being the one that, you know, would you have a problem with this or that or whatever? And that typically nails it, you know, right there off the bat. And because you can't, you can't expect to be the type of person who's like, well, I want to marry someone who doesn't smoke while you're puffing on a cigarette. (laughs) You know, you just, it's just hypocritical. It's just hypocritical at the, (laughs) yeah, you have to show, you have to show by, I mean, you know, yeah, yeah, you have to be the one who shows what you want and what you want to see. You have to actually, actually do that. Yeah, you have to be what it is you want. And honestly, like I've been doing a lot of reading and homework in regards to um, like frequency and how all that works scientifically. Mm-hmm. Honestly, it's it's one of those, it's the idea that like, let's say, well, when I first, when I first got hired, I loved my Tacoma, like Toyota Tacoma. That That was like my dream truck, right? And that's what I wanted to buy myself. When I got hired full time, that was going to be, I knew the model, I knew the make, I knew the features, I knew everything that I wanted to outfit this Tacoma with. And 
once that was on my brain, guess what I saw driving around everywhere? Yep. Toyota Tacomas, right? Yep. And so if you're putting that in your brain, that's exactly right. So if you, if you're, if you're literally, I guess, figurative, it's not literally, if you're figuratively tuning your receiver to that frequency of that thing you want, then those people who are also living those principles are going to stand out. Everybody else is going to get foggy and static, turn into static, except those ones who are living by those principles. And they're going to be easy to identify. You know, they're going to be right there in front of you. And it's almost like they're going to gravitate towards you. The same goes for business, you know, whether it's relation, like romantic relationships, business relationships, people who you want on your crew, no matter what it is, the more you can attune that proverbial frequency, the, the easier, I don't want to say easier, but the more clear that signal will become. Mm. Mm. Yes, definitely. I, I totally hundred percent uh, agree with that. You know, where we focus, we flow to. And so if you're focusing on the negatives, you're going to see the negatives everywhere. If you're focused on the positives, you're going to see the positives everywhere. You know, if we're in a shit state, you're going to feel like you're in a shit state and you're going to be around the people that are in the shit state. Um, so Ryan, um, you know, this has been absolutely amazing. I, I always love to promote other people, what they're doing in that. And I know you're doing some similar stuff to what I do or one of my businesses does, you know, helping people get into the police force. Yours is firefighting. So tell us, um, tell us a little bit about what you do and how people can get in touch with you. Right on, man. I appreciate it. Yeah. Um, I do have a website. It's www.ignitedff.com, uh, for ignited firefighter. And that's pretty much my handle across the board on all social media. Uh, if you go to Instagram, I'm, I'm, that's like my primary uh, sharing platform for, for content is Instagram. And again, it's at IgnitedFF. But you can, find, you can find Ignited LLC on Facebook. And uh, I run several groups there. That's basically my hub for the, the uh, online courses that I run. So I run the uh, Ignited Recruit Academy, which is all for people who are looking to get into the fire service. I have a curriculum, a workbook. We do a reading assignment. I teach you how to you know, do recon for the department that you want to work for so that you basically become a specialist on that organization. I teach you how to do interviews appropriately, like how to hone your interview skills, what you should talk about, the formula that you should use, um, how to adapt you know, if you freeze up or whatever, because <laughs> we've all been there. Um, and then I also include uh, a physical training portion of it, you know, because that's like the basic minimum for entry when it comes to firefighting is, is being in physical shape. And so there's all those elements to that. But the other, uh, the other online course I'm working on is called Crew Builder. And it's for people who are already on with a fire service organization who are looking to take those steps that you talked about, uh, you know, just those small steps where you can with what you have, where you're at every day and try to build that crew to the point where you're kind of living the, living the movie crew lifestyle, right? You know, like you see those firefighter movies and they're all, they love each other and they, they go to each other's friends, birthdays and this and that, and they're hanging out with their kids and, and in my experience, that has just not been the case. Like that is gone. Like everybody isolates in their own bunk room. You know, nobody knows each other's wives' names, you know, and, and with some of the guys you work with, you don't even want them to know 
your wife's name, let alone that you are married. So, <laughs> you know, it's, yeah, it's yeah. so not that thing. So my whole goal is to like reinstitute that idea of brotherhood and community uh, within the fire service um, community, I guess you could say. So we're trying to build ignited through Facebook and there, and there's an, there's a online group, the ignited firefighter podcast community. You can join. We dive deep every Every other week, I, I post episodes of the podcast every two weeks and then stagger those with online Zooms where we get online and we all just talk about, you know, we dive deeper into those topics. And so we can make those connections, build that community and basically let everybody know that they're not alone. So we can have an effect in, in bringing that devastating statistic number down, if not stamping it out altogether. Yeah, that'd be nice, wouldn't it? That'd be amazing. Um, yeah. So, Ryan, last question I like to ask uh, everybody is, um, what is your top tip to self-happiness? Top tip to self-happiness. Well, like I said, you know, know thyself. If you don't know who you are, it's going to be impossible for you to know what you want. And furthermore, it's going to be that much more impossible for you to establish purpose and meaning in your life. Uh, if you don't know who you are, you're not going to know what you want. You're not going to know where you're going. You're just kind of floundering around in the dark. And honestly, one of one of the, I'm an avid reader. Actually, I talked about when we were, I think just before we started, I talked about the book club that I run. So I'm an avid reader and I run the Ignited Readers Book Club too, which is all the people in the Ignited community who want to read books that are going to, you know, expand our minds our understanding, our emotion ability, like all of these different things that relate to our careers and to us as people. But one of the books that absolutely changed my life was uh, Man's Search for Meaning by Viktor Frankl. I don't know if you've ever heard that book, but oh. he was basically the direct challenger to Sigmund Freud at the time. Uh, Sigmund Freud's idea was that man, you know, people do things out of a sense of pleasure. That's what motivates them. And and Viktor Frankl said, no, 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 no. People do things for meaning. That's what motivates people, meaning and purpose. And he wrote this book. He wrote this book while he was being taken off to concentration camps in Nazi Germany. He survived through three concentration camps. His wife and unborn child were murdered. His parents were murdered. Everybody he knew was, you know, falling apart and getting systematically executed. And he was able to not only write this idea and this, uh, this theory that um, it's meaning that drives us, but he was able to perform studies inside the concentration camps that supported his work and, and understanding that, you know, our circumstances might be dire, but regardless of the circumstances, we always have a choice in regards to how we feel about that circumstance, you know, or how I, we perceive it. I couldn't, I couldn't agree more with that. I'm a huge, you know, uh, and as we kind of wrap this up, uh, I'm a huge why guy. Uh, and we talked a little bit about that before, but, you know, I'm a huge, huge why guy. And the why has meaning behind it. The why, where it comes from. Is, is so much meaning mine comes from my you know everybody i believe everybody's why comes from their childhood and so it gives them yeah. that, uh, that under driving purpose and a lot of people and, and meaning uh, and a lot of people they end up actually driving from it in a 
from the negative sides of it, not from the positive sides. And once you shift it to the positive sides, it unleashes exponential growth and productivity. Uh, and then so yeah, um, I, I fully full on on that one. It's it is it's all about meaning. You know, yes, we drive for pleasure, but if there's no meaning to that pleasure, then what's the point of the pleasure? That's exactly right. That's exactly right, man. You got it. You nailed it. So, so yeah. Uh, any last words, Ryan, before we wrap up? No, man, just thanks for having me come on. I mean, it's always cool to connect with people, you know, whether they're two doors down or several continents away. So this is really cool, man. I appreciate it. Uh, it's awesome. I love technology in this way that makes it, it makes it possible. Eh? Yeah. It's, um, it's, it's amazing. I've met many, many different people and yeah, it's, it's, it's absolutely amazing the different stories that people have. So, uh, on that, uh, remember this is fight the burnout. We're all about taking these tools so you can prevent burning out or you can come over, go overcome it. Uh, you know, if you're in a peak, um, state, if you're in a peak, um, area and you're, you're moving really well, then you're going to be as productive as possible. You know, that's working through the things that Ryan and I have talked about today, you know, taking those tools and actually implementing and applying them is the key. Um, because we can listen to all day long and we take it in and then it just, we do nothing with it. But as we just talked about before, add some meaning to it. But, uh, we also obviously run a program that's called, um, the productive AF, um, and what it is, is it's taking you through and, and applying that meaning as well. So you can find that at create at www.createfromwhy.com uh, because we start with finding that why uh, to create purpose and meaning to your whole life. Uh, but you can also, if you're struggling with anything at all, uh, or you want to just reach out to us, uh, you can do that by emailing us at team at createfromwhy.com uh, and we will get back to you. But thanks again, Ryan, and thanks everybody for listening. And till next time, we will um, we'll talk to you soon. And uh, remember, just take that one thing out of this episode. Thank you for listening to the Ignited Firefighter Podcast. We're growing in the community through the Ignited Firefighter Podcast Facebook group. So please click the link in the show notes and join the group. You get access to exclusive resources. And every now and then, I'll... I'll provide a link to a zoom meeting where we do a deep dive on the episodes that I record. So jump on there, join the group, contribute and take what you need. And like I said earlier, uh, Chris Chandler Yates, he's got a great show where he talks with all kinds of people about burnout and how they fight it. And if you want to listen to more episodes of, of his podcast then click the link in the show notes, you'll most likely hear something that resonates with you as well as come away with some tools to help you in your specific situation. Thanks again for listening. And until next time, if you see a need, own it and take action. Be the ideal firefighter you would want on your crew. Be ignited.